This is Boston Scott, and you're listening to the Birds Banter Podcast. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen do it. Screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. What is going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to the latest episode of the Birds Banter Podcast presented to you by PHL Sports Nation. I'm your host, Matt Lupe. You can find us on Twitter at Birds Banter, on Instagram at Birds Banter PHL. We have a great show in store for you this week. Uh, happy Wednesday morning to all of you. We're going to bring on Seamus Clancy to talk about the Eagles and Cardinals game and then also continuing the fan banter segment. Bring on an Eagles fan named Anthony. He's going to tell us all about uh, the Eagles game against the Cardinals, the positives, the negatives, and what he would do to improve the team. Hope you guys enjoy the content today, and let's go Birds. So first things first, uh, before we bring on these guests and talk a little bit more about the Eagles, I want to just lay out the foundation for what I think now about the Wentz and Hurts update, or the uh, debate. If you guys have been listening for a while now, the last few weeks, you know that I've been all over the place. Um, I've been wanting Wentz to get benched for several weeks now because he's been struggling. It finally happened. Um, I didn't know what to expect from Jalen Hurts. He blew me away these past two weeks. And now I don't know what to do with Wentz. Um, I think I, I legitimately think that going forward, he can be a top 12 quarterback in this league um, on a different team. I don't think he's going to stay with the Eagles because the whole situation um, – if you're an outsider looking in at the Eagles and you just take away everything that you know and every emotional attachment you have to Carson Wentz and the Eagles, you look at a guy who was drafted second overall. Five years later, after a few injuries, a big contract, and zero playoff wins and just a quarter, I mean a drive of playoff experience, and he gets benched for a rookie quarterback who was drafted in the second round. All of that adds up to not a good situation for Carson Wentz. And the fact that Jalen Hurts is coming in and he is proving himself as a legitimate quarterback in Doug Peterson's offense and leading the Eagles to very, very close games, a win against the number one team in the NFC last week against the Saints, and then a very, very close game came down to the wire against the Cardinals, another very good team. Granted, the Eagles were down plenty of players in the secondary, and Jalen Hurts came back 16-0, tied up the game late in the game, and almost won. So, all things considered, I think it's Jalen Hurts' team. And I don't want to jump the gun and say, you know, Jalen Hurts is going to be the franchise quarterback. He's going to be here for 10 years. We have not seen enough out of Jalen Hurts to prove that. You know, he still, he still, you know, needs to be evaluated. He's still on a short leash. He can't just be going and doing all this reckless stuff because you have Carson Wentz right behind him under contract. It's not like Jalen Hurts is running the entire show here. However... Jalen Hurts has shown more to me in two weeks than Carson Wentz did all season. And yes, I agree. That can be placed on the coaching staff. That can be placed on the offense surrounding him. The front office, what they did to bolster the offense or the lack thereof. Everything, the offensive line. There are plenty of reasons why Carson Wentz struggles. But to say that nothing is Carson or not nothing that Carson Wentz has done is his fault and that he should just be left off the hook and should be the starter right away, that's ignorant. You know, I don't think anybody should be thinking that way. 
Yes, the offense around him was not playing well at all. The coaching was terrible. However, Carson Wentz made some terrible mistakes, whether that's mental, whether that's a physical regression. He is not the same quarterback that he used to be in Philadelphia. I think he could reach that level yet again somewhere else, but it's not going to be here. Like I said, all things considered, this is not a good situation for Carson Wentz to be given his future with the team. Jalen Hurts comes in. He is a proven winner in college. We're going to talk about this with Sheamus, but you know, coming out of college, a lot of people didn't really see him as a top prospect. I don't understand it. Sheamus didn't understand it. We're going to talk about that in a second here. But Jalen Hurts was a great quarterback. He played at two of the best programs in the entire country at Alabama and Oklahoma. And he played well. He played really well. Now that he has had two and a half games under his belt, he has showed me that he has composure, he has poise, and he has maturity. Those are three intangible traits that you want out of a franchise quarterback. And Jalen Hurts has showed that. And it's not like he's showing those and doesn't have any skill in the field or is just showing a glimpse of uh, you know promise in film. He is keeping the Eagles in these games. He just beat the Saints last week. He almost beat the Cardinals after being down 16-0. to zero. This is Jalen Hurts' team. And yes, the Eagles will take a big cap hit after trading Carson Wentz this offseason. I fully expect them to do it. There will be a market. Teams that come to my mind, the Patriots, the Colts, the Bears, and the Jets. Now, they're not in the first pick, first overall pick. There will be a market for Carson Wentz. Whether the market's going to uh, reach a first-round pick or a second-round pick, to be determined. We have to determine how many teams are actually interested. But he's a good quarterback. People are, are willing to pay for him. And I understand that there will be <clears throat> about a $30 million cap hit to bring in Carson or to get rid of Carson Wentz in a trade, uh, much less than what it would take to cut him. That would be upwards of 60, 70 million. But teams around the league, when the Rams and Jared Goff had success, he was on his rookie deal. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, rookie deal. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, rookie deal. These teams that surge, Carson Wentz in 2017, rookie deal. These past Super Bowl teams, they have surged because the quarterbacks are cheap and they can put resources on offense and defense around them to make the team better. That is what the Eagles need to do. And right now, I think the Eagles should absolutely try to make the playoffs because Jalen Hurts, if he is going to be the guy for the next several years, he has three more years after this one on a rookie deal. He doesn't have the fifth-year option because he was not a first-round pick. So if you completely eliminate, if you tank for the rest of the year, take that year off, you have three more chances to make a run while he's on his rookie deal. Because if Jalen Hurts is the guy and you re-sign him in a few years, all of a sudden that's going to be a huge, huge pay. I mean, we saw Patrick Mahomes this past offseason get paid about $40 million a year. Deshaun Watson was up there around 35. The market's going to be big. It goes up every single year. Jalen Hurts will be expensive. Any quarterback will be expensive. So if you want to win, if you legitimately want the Eagles to compete for the next few years, get him the experience now. And then get rid of Carson Wentz. Give the entire team to Jalen Hurts. Build around him. Build to his strengths, whether it be, be new coaches, a new front office, or just new players, new skill positions. Now's the time to do it. He's cheap. He's about $2 million a year uh, as a second-round pick, and he's playing phenomenal football right now. Listen, guys, I love Carson Wentz. 
I think he's a great quarterback. I think he will do great things. I never want to see him fail anywhere, especially with the Eagles. But it's time to move on. The Eagles put themselves in this situation by drafting Jalen Hurts. I fully believe that this caused the regression uh, out of Carson Wentz and that magnifies his, you know, disappointing season. But you put yourself in this situation, you got to dig yourself out. Take advantage of it. You found a great quarterback, utilize him. Run with Jalen Hurts and start your team back over again. We're going to bring on Sheamus next and discuss the game against the Cardinals, what we saw to Jalen Hurts and um, the defense. The secondary is very depleted right now. But before this, listen up, guys. I have a great offer for you from our friends at Thrive Fantasy. You know, I'm always promoting Thrive Fantasy for football, but they do all sports. Basketball is right around the corner. The NBA is back and in a big way on Thrive Fantasy. Now until tip-off on 12-22, December 22nd, Take advantage of their largest deposit bonus ever. Use the code BBP when you sign up and let them know that we sent you. You can use Thrive Fantasy on football, basketball, whatever professional sport you prefer. Sign up using BBP and you get instant rewards towards your bets. So make sure you download the Thrive Fantasy app in the App Store or the Play Store or visit their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. And again, use that code BBP to get instant rewards on your sport sports betting. Everybody loves sports betting. Why not bet on your favorite players? Fancy football, fancy basketball. Let's get it. Hope you guys win some great money. All right, everybody. Today I have Seamus Clancy on with me of NBC Sports Philly and Bleeding Green Nation. Seamus, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? Of course, doing well. Uh, a short week with the holiday, so I'm, I'm vibing with that. Sixers opener on Wednesday, and I'm enjoying Jalen Hurts. Absolutely, yeah. It was, um, wasn't a win for the Eagles, but like we mentioned before, um, kind of an emotional win, a morale win for the Eagles. They've been struggling a lot, and um, Jalen Hurts has now been the starter for two and a half games after he replaced Carson Wentz in Green Bay. He came in, beat New Orleans at home, and then traveled to Arizona as a starting quarterback and lost. Uh, there was a lot of big headlines for this game. The Eagles secondary was depleted, which we're going to get to in a little bit, but obviously all eyes were on Jalen Hurts and how he was going to perform. And in my eyes, he did very well. He was 24 for 44, 338 passing yards, three touchdowns, 11 rushes for 63 yards, and a rushing touchdown. So first things first, Seamus, what did you think, uh, what did you see out of Jalen Hurts on Sunday, and um, how would you grade his performance? Well, the stats are eye-popping a little bit. I saw Tim McManus of ESPN, he's the Eagles beat writer for them, uh, tweeted that Jalen Hurts was the first quarterback to have over, I believe, 500 total passing yards and over 150 rushing yards and combined in his first two starts. And that's cool, but that's kind of nitpicking with numbers. You know, I remember before, I, I, don't, I guess you're in college now, Kevin Cobb, mm-hmm. uh, I believe he made his first starts in 2009. Uh, he was the first quarterback to have over 300 passing yards in his first two starts. or was the first person to do it since Kurt Warner. So wow. whole city was ablaze about him. It was a cool thing. I was you know, 14, 15, I thought he was the future of the world. So mm-hmm. put the stats aside for a second, though they are impressive, certainly the 338 passing yards, you know, 63 on the ground. Uh, the poise is what spoke to me. And I think that's the key thing for Jalen Hurts the last two weeks. And even going back to, uh, you know, the 20 or so minutes he played uh, against the Packers in Green Bay, and that would be week uh, 13. Mm-hmm. They go down 16, nothing. Partly because of him, he takes a, disastrous safety on a, while not taking the safety, a pass interference 
or uh, you know grounding yeah intentional grounding while in the end zone just a complete rookie mistake something you expect from a guy in his second start second his career start when he's you know 22 years old that's mm. going to happen and normally that that happens for bad teams that happens for the Jacksonville Jaguars that happens for the New York Jets where you're entrenched in losing and you expect those things to happen and usually get rolled most games but he put it together they were down 16 nothing and he still ended the first half with three passing touchdowns that's poise i could have seen any number of quarterbacks crumble in that situation mm-hmm. not despite carson wentz but if Wentz is at the quarterback the way he's been playing this year specifically there's no way they crawl back into that game let alone are tied going in the fourth quarter at 26 26 with a chance to win against a team that was a top 10 defense by dvoa i think they were ninth and right now, if the season ended this week, would be in the playoffs. And that could happen to veteran quarterbacks. That's a demoralizing thing to kind of be at fault right there, to go down on the road. I know it's not a huge fan base, something that's happening, given the COVID restrictions, but that's still hard. You're not playing at home. You started at home once. That was nice. But going on the road, first road start, that's huge. But the kid has played in so many huge situations in his career already, playing in innumerable huge games at Alabama, the premier college football program, getting benched in the national championship. Carson Wentz got hurt and missed the championship. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts literally played and got benched and came back, transferred, and then played lights out at Oklahoma under Lincoln Riley one year after his counterpart on Sunday, Kyler Murray did. He's done it all. He's been at the you know, two of the, what, five biggest college football programs right now. Yeah played in the college football playoff, Heisman runner-up, ton of poise. He, and he's only 22. Sometimes you see rookies come out. I think Wentz was about 23, 24 as a rookie. He just turned 22 in August. The maturity and the poise are what's staying out to me. Uh, initially, obviously, the running's going to be there. Everyone assumed he was going to be able to create plays with his legs. But again, uh, the thing I didn't expect, and this even goes back to the Saints game, was how he performed passing in the pocket. I don't know how many pass attempts it was, but in, against the Saints game, in the Saints game, he averaged 7.7 yards per attempt while in the pocket. Mm-hmm. That's not a number I would have expected from yeah. him initially, maybe on the run because he's making those moves. That's what he excels at. That's where he's going to make you know money in this league is being the guy who's going to be on bootlegs, going to read, go to the read option, going to roll outside. And you know he did that against Arizona as well. But uh, the knock on him, and you, you see that typically with, guys who are running quarterbacks, even if it's warranted or not, oh, can they throw in the pocket? Can they be a pocket passer? And again, it's two games. He's not annoyed at the franchise quarterback. I, I'm a pro Hertz guy right now. People yelling at me on Facebook or Twitter saying, oh, so he's the franchise quarterback now because he had two good games? No. Mm-hmm. But you have to roll with him the rest of the year. He's the younger, cheaper. And for the moment right now, Carson Wentz may have a better career, certainly. But right now, he's playing better and – you know, for me, he's got to be the guy going in the 2021, especially where it seems like they're playing themselves out of, you know, a top three pick where, you know, two months ago, maybe they could have fallen backwards into Justin Fields or something. Yeah, Seamus, you're absolutely right. And um, the two points I wanted to touch on were composure and maturity, which you touched on both of them. And me personally, when I see a rookie quarterback come into the league, um, unless it's somebody like Joe Burrow, who's coming in like, a top prospect first round pick or first overall pick. There's not a lot of high expectations for these rookie quarterbacks back when Carson Wentz was a rookie. 
he did show a lot of promise, but he wasn't putting the team in a position to win every single week. You were just grading the tape and saying, here's what we got with Wentz. We're going to value him going forward. That's why I expected with Hertz. He's come in. A lot of teams didn't even have a second grade on a second round uh, grade on him. And he's competing very well with these playoff teams. His composure is fantastic. He's keeping them in these games. They beat the saints just last week. And uh, if you remember that play late in the game, he's trying to crawl back and he fumbles the ball, picks it up and then completes the, <laughs> completes the pass on the field. I mean, phenomenal for him to just keep his eyes down the field and not just throw it away, but make a play out of it in his maturity. Um, he spoke to the media and um, one thing, like I mentioned, I don't have a lot of high expectations for rookie quarterbacks. And there was one play um, to Jalen Rager. They ran a screen to him and he threw it over his head, kind of behind him. Didn't give Rager a good ball at all. And it, initially I'm thinking, oh, he's a rookie quarterback. That's okay. It's going to happen. And yes, that is true to an extent. After the game, he's saying to reporters, we weren't good enough. I don't want to hear that I'm young. I'm a rookie. We did not win the game. That's on me. And that that's maturity. I don't really see that too much out of Carson Wentz. And for a rookie quarterback to step in and play a very good game and say that, it just blows me away. The draft stock thing is weird to me. I'm not a super duper draft expert, but given my job, I do do a lot of watching of college football retroactively in March and April. Mm-hmm. And seeing him play in huge games over the years and seeing how well he played at Oklahoma under Lincoln Riley last year had 52 total touchdowns, uh, like over 5,000 yards of total offense. I don't know why he was went in the second round, let alone people thinking he had a lower grade than that. I agree. Um, it, it just doesn't really mesh with me. And I was high on him as a prospect. Obviously, I wasn't thinking about him as an Eagles pick. Mm-hmm. I just looked at the league as it can stands right now. You have Dak Prescott, who is a lot better than Eagles fans think. Obviously, yeah. he's hurt this year, but very good quarterback. You have Russell Wilson. You have Lamar Jackson. You have Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the state of the league, you have Josh Allen. Guys who are mobile like that, and he's not scrawny or anything. He can run through people, but he's very good at not taking unnecessary contact. Given the starting experience he's had throughout his years, his age, his poise, and his whole narrative, I don't understand how he went where he did. Again, this isn't saying the Eagles have the biggest draft steal of all time. Howie Roseman should keep his job. I just don't totally get how he fell to the second round, or I shouldn't say fall to the second round. How did a you know, day two, day three grade on him? Right. When seeing the the nature of quarterbacks coming to this league, he seems like a guy who, whether he was good or not as a pro, looked like a prototypical first rounder. And I think he might have gotten knocked a bit after transferring to Oklahoma, playing under Lincoln Riley, where they said, "Hey, they had you know the last two Heisman Trophy winners, they had the last two first overall picks in Baker and Mayfield and Kyler Murray. He's just playing Lincoln Riley's system. But maybe obviously Lincoln Riley, great college coach, but at the same time." You know, Kyler has a lot of success with the pros. Baker's having a great year. And Hurts, obviously, super-duper small sample size, looking like a really good pro right now. Feels weird that he went late, especially when, you know, my comp coming out of him in college was obviously Dak. And, mm-hmm. you know, Russell Wilson is a, you know, a dream archetype. That's his, you know, 97th, 98th, 99th percentile outcome. But that style is there. 
the moxie of Russell Wilson's there. Russell Wilson is the best quarterback I've ever seen in terms of, as a runner, unnecessarily avoiding contact. Whereas Michael Vick, the most brilliant, breathtaking electric athlete I've ever watched, was terrible at that. Mm-hmm. And those are intuitive things that I don't think you could really teach. And that once again speaks to the intangibles he just oozes. Yeah, absolutely. I think the future is bright with him if they keep you know, building around him as a quarterback um, with the Eagles. But let's switch gears to the defense. The Eagles have a beat-up secondary with Darius Slay out, Avante Maddox, Rodney McLeod with a torn ACL. Kyler Murray took advantage of it. He has over 400 passing yards on Sunday. DeAndre Hopkins, nine receptions, 169 yards, and a touchdown. So big game out of DeAndre Hopkins. Um, before I turn it over to you, I think the Eagles secondary played a lot better than I expected. Obviously not perfect, given you know the performance from the Cardinals. But um, DeAndre Hopkins, just he could catch everything. Uh, There's times that they had great coverage on him and he would just catch anything thrown his way. So what was your take on the beat up secondary? Michael Jaquette, um, Kevon Seymour, how did they perform in your eyes? Michael Jaquette, as he was literally, I don't, I don't want to undersell him or if I come off wrong, was he was literally a tire salesman a few weeks ago. <laughs> that guy played unbelievable given yeah. the circumstances. He's going against who I think is not just the best receiver in the league, but is a Hall of Fame talent, DeAndre Hopkins. And probably overall, you have Seattle right there. You have a couple other teams, L.A., you know, one of the best receiving cores in the league with Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald, the ageless wonder who, you know, going into Sunday, said lock of the week, Larry Fitzgerald to score a touchdown against the yep. Eagles, which happened. I thought he played valiantly. Again, they, they gave up 33 points and – at the same time, you have to commend Jim Schwartz for getting the most out of these players that Kavon Seymour mm-hmm. thought he played really well. Again, did he play great? No, it's Kavon Seymour. But on a couple of huge plays that DeAndre Hopkins made, he was just right there in the right spot and just so happens he's going against the best guy in the world at his job. You know, maybe the best pair of hands I've ever seen when he's a guy off the street. But Credit is due to Jim Schwartz, who I've been critical of in the past. I think he's better than people have given him credit for in his career with the Eagles. Always seems to have them as a average to slightly above average defense, especially with the way the organization prioritizes putting resources into the offense. It's a commendable job. And the way we've seen this Eagles offense falter the last couple of years with guys off the streets, seeing that effort on defense with, again, the random one-off guys, the practice squad guys, hats tip the Jim Schwartz. Yeah. I'd like to see a little bit more from Kayvon Wallace. I'd like to him coming out of Clemson. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he had a lot of hype in the Eagles realm because, oh, safety from Clemson. Yep. Again, no one thought he was going to be Brian Dawkins, but just to think maybe he Some could be did. a serviceable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just kind of craziness. But to think maybe, hey, this guy could be a serviceable player. He can be a rotational player. Maybe, maybe he could be a, like a you know league average starter. That'd be a great outcome from a fourth-round pick. Yeah. Yeah, Jaquette, I mean, it's kind of um, a reminder of the Craven LeBlanc scenario in 2018. Um, Came from nowhere. Jim Schwartz didn't even know who he was. Brought him on, and he played phenomenal football. Um, Jaquette is very long. He has very long arms, so I think that's a very good mold of a corner that the Eagles can develop into the future. And like you said, him and Seymour, they they were at the right place at the right time. It's just a very tough matchup to jump into. Um, want to touch on the safety position real quick with McLeod out. Marcus Epps gets most of the uh, looks there at the, the top safety. So 
personally, I think he's a huge downgrade from Roddy McLeod. I think that's obvious um, watching him. Yeah. But um, I mean, he took advantage of that clear, you know, interception right to his chest that Kyler Murray threw in the end zone. Um, what do you think the impact is going to be with McLeod out and Epson against good offenses going forward? I thought McLeod was maybe having his best season as an Eagle this year. He really stood out to me, even though the defense, again, has been a little uneven at times this year, especially with injuries all over the place. Seemed like that consistent figure. Obviously, he's not Malcolm Jenkins as a player, but I like that he was voted as a team captain or if Doug Peterson picked the captains, however have you. He was a team captain this year, stepping into that defensive leadership role vacated by Malcolm Jenkins. And before the injury, really seemed to have that calming presence on defense that was Malcolm's job for so many years mm-hmm. and again I thought I don't know about statistically in terms of tackles or interceptions or forced fumbles but you need to be making plays everywhere this year and kind of carrying the defensive unit even when you know the defensive line was a little bit lacking earlier in the season even though they have turned it on as of late so that's a huge loss yeah um, besides just losing a player of his caliber the secondary is already so so depleted that Rodney McLeod's an above average player, but your backup isn't kind of a league average backup. The, the drop-off is so huge because you're now churning through this practice squad players that the difference feels even greater than it would on a normal team. That's not as decimated by injuries as the Eagles are currently and you know have been for really the last four years in some kind of unprecedented manner. Right. Yeah, so the Eagles hold the um, seventh overall pick in the 2021 draft right now, and they also have a 6% chance of making the playoffs. It's a bizarre scenario that we've really never seen before where they can either be picking top 10 or they can be be making the playoffs and have the fourth seed. Um, That's just how the NFC East is this year. So after some close games against New Orleans, they get the win. A close game against Arizona, you lose by a couple of points. Do you think the Eagles can compete in the playoffs if they make it there? I mean... They could have won one game at home, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I wrote a little bit about today for NBC Sports Philadelphia where the teams around the NFC haven't looked good the last couple of weeks, whereas looking at that Seattle game, the Eagles lost to Seattle 23-17. to Jalen Hurts played that game. If they just got merely competent quarterback play, I'm not asking for something spectacular. Right. Uh, Carson Wentz didn't give that to him in that game. I think that was a winnable game. If they had competent quarterback play, they could have won. Mm-hmm. I watched them play against Washington yesterday. The Eagles needed a Washington loss. They got it, but unfortunately didn't do the job themselves to get them into an NFC East, you know, control your own destiny situation. But Seattle kind of wanted to give that game away too. They're currently the fifth seed, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, or they might have taken the division lead over LA, uh, given that LA lost uh, a surpriser to the, to the Jets. But if they're playing, say the Eagles are the fourth seed, if they win the division, if they're playing LA, they're playing Seattle, if they're playing Tampa Bay, I could see them giving any of them a game. You know, you've seen the Eagles beat the Rams, even when the Rams were the better team in 2018, going on the road there and Nick Foles' first start uh, and really for Carson Wentz for that specific season. And, you know, you've seen Doug beat him in 2017. You know, Seattle is kind of that thorn in our back that never gets away. But again, they played them as well as they have and this Doug Peterson era this past, you know, last month. And again, if just a little bit better quarterback play, I think they could have won that game. And then Tom Brady, 
We've seen this defensive line beat Tom Brady before. We've seen mm-hmm. a backup quarterback have good luck against a Tom Brady team too. You know, if they make the playoffs, are they going to make the NFC Championship game? No. But if they're at home, this kid has all the poise in the world. Has played in under the spotlight since he was 18 years old. They can win a game. Their defense, they have good pass rush, one of the best in the league, quarterback for a penchant, making huge plays in high leverage situations. They're not going to win the Super Bowl with the rest of the roster or even getting close. But for one game, it can happen. Only two teams make the postseason with a losing record. 2010 Seattle Seahawks at 7-9 and nine, NFC West champs. Mm-hmm. 2014 NFC South champs Carolina Panthers at 7-8-1. Both of them won their home playoff game. Now, if there were fans there, I wish I was there for that. I, I, oh, yeah. I'm a season tickle holder. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sucks I wasn't there for the first hurt heart start. Like that's That should be a real memorable thing, and yeah. it's, it's unfortunate. Um. But uh, Eagles at home uh, with this kid, uh, you never know. It's the mm-hmm. mystery box factor that comes with Jalen Hurts, and it's what makes his potential so tantalizing and so exciting for an Eagles fan base that has been starved for some life this entire season, essentially since the first half of back in week one against Washington. Yeah, absolutely. And they have close games against Arizona, New Orleans, and Green Bay the past three weeks, so... Yeah, uh, anything can happen in the playoffs and they've played playoff caliber teams and done pretty decent against these teams. So, um, you know, everything, the record doesn't matter in the playoffs. If they get that fourth seed, anything can happen. I agree with you. They're not going to make a deep run. Um, they don't have the roster for it, but you know, they could definitely win one game. Um, one quick question before we go on to our last question tonight. Um, the Eagles, like I said, are at the seventh overall pick right now. It seems like the Eagles fan base is divided between go for the playoffs and go for a draft pick, a high draft pick, that is. What group are you in? Would you rather see Jalen Hurts compete in the playoffs or would you rather get a top talent in the draft like Jamar Chase, Micah Parsons, et cetera? Uh, the way I've kind of been explaining it is that my head says best thing for the future health of the franchise is to have you know the highest chance of talent, not only to have a top 10 pick in the first round, but then you have a top 10 pick in the second mm-hmm. round. You have a top 10 pick in the third round. You're getting the best of the talent each successive round. And ideally that comes with a new decision maker, new personnel guy, and with Howie Roseman. At the same time, you know, and I've sat through all the process years blogging about the Sixers. I know what it's like to kind of want the team to lose for draft positioning. But on Sundays, watching that game, are you really rooting for the Eagles to lose and in the heat of the game, it's impossible to yeah. for me. And it's exciting, you know, watching, because at a certain point, I've tried to think this out, not that I've come to some definitive conclusion. I've talked to other writers and fans and friends about it is, at what point does jockeying for top draft status get outweighed by quarterback development? Mm-hmm. Like, again, this isn't some guarantee that Hertz is the guaranteed franchise quarterback. He's going to get a mega extension in three years. He's going to have playoff games after playoff games his whole career. But coming into 2020, Carson Wentz hadn't played more than a quarter of a playoff game. He still won't this year. My goal coming into 2020 was to see Wentz win a playoff game. I thought that would constitute a successful season for this Eagles team. Hertz, he comes in, they win the division, and he gets not only playoff experience maybe wins a game against a Russell Wilson or a Tom Brady, Jared Goff, all guys who've played in the Super Bowl before. Mm-hmm. 
that's gigantic for a quarterback's development. Huge, yeah. When Carson Wentz was 22, he was playing in, you know, football subdivision conference at North Dakota State. For him to be getting playoff experience and potentially playing well enough to get a win, maybe against, you know, Arizona, whoever it is. You know, at a certain point, I think you have to say, if this guy can be, you know, capital T, capital G, the guy, don't we want him to have as much success as possible and then retool the roster over him for the next two years? Yep, definitely agree with you. And um, you mentioned comparing their rookie seasons. Jalen Hurts is only going to be playing for, what, four or five games before the playoffs if they make it. Carson Wentz had the whole season. So um, what he's done so far, and if he continues and makes the playoffs and wins a game, would be monumental over what Carson Wentz did his first year. So um, that's something to keep in mind as well. Um, Seamus, last question for you. We mentioned the draft a bit. Um, The Eagles have big holes at the secondary, linebacker. You could throw offensive line in there always. Uh, Wide receiver. What is your biggest team need going forward, and how would you address it next offseason? The roster is so bare that, again, uh, probably the best – the thing the Eagles need the most is – talented skill position players. We saw how much it's derailed Carson Rentz's career over the last couple of years. You know, Jalen Riker has been okay. Uh, hasn't been good as a lot of other highly talented guys that have come out in the first or second round of the NFL draft this past year. Thought JJ Ortega White's, I mean, have gotten that, been that guy, but then they again passed over some really talented guys who are having great pro careers already for him. So you're left in a situation where Jalen Riker, he's your number one receiver right now, but he might cap out as, a serviceable starter. Mm-hmm. You still need talent on the outside. You still need people for, if Jalen Hurts is your guy, you need to surround him as mu- with as much firepower as you can. And that was one of the failings of the organization when it came to Carson Wentz is that they didn't always put him in the position to have the best players around him. Yep. Now, I'm not just going to take a wide receiver for the sake of it. They have holes at offensive line. Lane Johnson is kind of in a Jason Peters mode. As he gets older, it feels like he's always in and out of the lineup. Brandon Books is coming off numerable huge injuries, even though he's on the books, uh, should be a guaranteed salary for this upcoming 2021 season. But you have Jack Driscoll. I think he flashed this year. Maybe he plays tackle, maybe he plays right guard. Andre Dillard, I, I don't know what he is, and I don't think the Eagles know what he is. He'll build 26th next season without having a full year of starting experience. Love what I see from Jordan Mailata. I think he should be the left tackle of the future, so to speak. But if there's a huge tackle prospect right there, Maybe you play him for, at, at guard a couple of years. Lane goes, gets cut, retires. You put him at right tackle. Defensive line. Uh, Josh Sweat has been a godsend in a way. I think mm-hmm. he's super talented. They might have to move on from Derek Barnett, given their cap restrictions. If there's a stud defensive end, a pass rusher right there, go for that too. Secondary. You know, they, they you know, give a lot of draft capital for Darius Slay, but it seems like a strong draft for cornerbacks. If there's a guy there, Grab him. If there's a safety, clearly a huge dude, grab one. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they have holes everywhere. I wouldn't prioritize taking a linebacker in the first round, just given the positional value. I kind of agree with the way the Eagles do that. I think there's a difference between not pouring huge resources into the linebacker position and then just having guys who aren't NFL caliber players, which is more so what the Eagles do. Uh, but I think there can be talent found there in later rounds. Uh, you want to get a guy at a premium position in the first round and you know, basically any other position than linebacker and obviously running back given Miles Sanders standing with the team currently should be on the table. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. It sounds so simple saying there's they have holes everywhere, but you're absolutely right. They they have a lot of needs. Um, so I think it's going to be another year of best player available. They're not going to go in and say, we have to draft this position, see what falls, whether they're at seven, whether at 19, 22, whatever it is. 32. <laughs> 32, possibly. Um, hold on to that small chance. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But uh, Seamus, I definitely appreciate your time. Uh, I'm sure you guys have seen Seamus all over Eagles Twitter. Make sure you follow him, Seamus underscore Clancy. Um, so thank you again. Of course. Thanks for having me on. This is great. Absolutely. Listen up, fellows. 2020 sucked. It's almost the new year, which means new balls with our sponsor, Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels and helping 2 million men all over the world get rid of hair on their balls. If you let yourself go in 2020 while in quarantine, Manscaped is here for you to reboot and stay clean and shaved in 2021. Now, I think the worst part about 2020 was the Eagles, honestly. There's been plenty of things that have gone wrong in 2020, but wow, I thought the Eagles were going to save the year, and they were just an extreme disappointment. So definitely put a lot of people down in the dumps, but Manscaped is here to give you a fresh start in 2021 with their perfect package 3.0 that has all the right tools for the job. Come out of quarantine with clean balls thanks to the Lawnmower 3.0. This waterproof and skin-safe trimmer will reduce nicks to your two best friends. Their third-generation trimmer has a light to give you the glow-up you need in 2021. It's also time to freshen up down there this new year. The Crop pre- pre- Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And for on-the-go freshness, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Tone Spray. 2020 was awful, so make sure your boys are refreshed and ready to go for new beginnings in 2021. Manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. Speaking of comfort, the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included and are hands down the best underwear that you will ever wear. A guy with hairy balls is like the year 2020. Don't be that guy. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PHL. Happy New Year to you and your balls. And for this week's edition of Fan Banter, we're going to bring on Anthony. Anthony is a big Eagles fan. We're going to talk about the positives, the negatives, and how to fix the Eagles going forward. Anthony, first things first, the Eagles almost won against the Cardinals, two consecutive wins. Um, if Jalen Hurts pulled off there at the end, um, they ended up losing. What were your positive takeaways from the game against the Cardinals? Um, I guess the big thing was offense just looked um, more fluent. Uh, just looked like a, a well-oiled machine in the sense that they were able to move the ball down the field. I think we learned a couple things about Jalen Hurts. It's still early in his career, um, but you know, first takeaway from when he played the Saints was he was able to use his legs, um, and that was great. Um, but you really kind of question what, what, what was more to value to that. Uh, this week, we actually saw him get the ball down the field. And uh, his deep balls, surprisingly good. I know that he came out of college and that was kind of a big thing, but sometimes that doesn't transition over to the pros. Um, but him getting the ball out there, made a couple deep throws, almost Russell Wilson-esque. I wouldn't say he is Russell Wilson, but 
you know, he's got really, really nice touch on that. Was able to find Alshon, uh, Greg Ward. So I, there is some high, uh, bright spots there. Again, it's still really early to tell whether or not this kid is a, uh, you know, a starting quarterback and maybe four games might give us a little bit more, uh, but I wouldn't, I don't know if it's enough just yet. So, but that was a positive defense also played really well. Um, they were put in position, obviously, uh, safety a block punt you know they're down 16 nothing but after that they held ground uh they put kyler murray in a tough spot and you're dealing with fitzgerald and uh hopkins that that's a tough duo to stop so you know for them to play that well the young corners look they played well without slay um i really like uh singleton i think he's an absolute beast i think mm -hmm. that was a if, if there's any hit on defense that's probably uh the right guy there so um, that's where I would say there's some positives. So, you know, we didn't get the win. It was impressive. It was competitive, which is nice. <laughs> you know, we haven't seen a whole lot of competitive games. So to see it come down to the, uh, you know, a Hail Mary to the end zone, I'm content with that. Yeah, definitely. So it seems like the Eagles fan base right now is divided between Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz. Where do you stand right now? I know it's a small sample size. You said it's too early, but are you looking at Jalen Hurts as possibly the starter going forward or do you think Wentz deserves another shot next year without Hurts on the team? Yeah, I think um, for this year, it makes sense for, you know, Hurts to finish out the year. He's playing well. He's obviously, you know, that spark that they keep speaking about. So that's great. But for me, maybe I'm a little biased. I, I'm, a, I'm a Wentz fan. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, over the last three years, he's proved himself. His numbers last year, the year before, the year before that, you know, the throw for 4,000 yards, with no receiver over 500 yards last year. It's insane, you know, what he's been able to do. I think he went 27 and seven or 21 and seven, either way. Um, he's a he's a good quarterback, in my opinion. He hasn't showed it this year. I don't know if it was just a blip or, you know, people keep using regressing, maybe that's the case. But for me, I'd, I'd like to see him be the starter to get a full year next year. Um, the beautiful thing is we have both quarterbacks under agreement. So, you know, if he doesn't shake out to what I believe he can be next year, then I guess we have to transition over to Hertz. But I'm just not ready to to make that adjustment just yet. Yeah, I feel you on that. Um, going forward, what were some negative takeaways from the game against the Cardinals? Obviously, they did lose. There were a few positives, but what stood out to you as negative? <sighs> Doug, play, Doug Peterson's play calling is just it's it's not good i think that he started off well he uses the the run game miles sanders is he's probably a top five back but most people wouldn't know that because he just doesn't receive the ball enough and whenever he gets the ball in his hands he does something amazing so um as the as the play calling goes down once we reach past the second half he becomes very one-dimensional he wants to throw the ball think it was you know 40 something passes mm -hmm. you got a rookie fortunately this kid is you know very cool under pressure but Wentz was too early in the season until that consistent you getting hit every other hit or every other play you know he got sacked six times eventually over time that can be an effect and you can you know ultimately ruin another quarterback that way so I just think that um stubborn play calling he doesn't want to give up the the play calling doesn't want an offensive coordinator. He's much of the head honcho. So that, that would probably be one of the big negatives and ultimately probably the reason why I lost the game. 
The second would be uh, it's just Rager. I I just don't I don't want to call him a bust yet because it's only the first year. He could figure out a lot in year two and and really kind of progress. But you hate to just make the the comparisons that we've all already made. You see Justin Jefferson just lighting it up. You know, clearly a rookie of the year candidate. And Rager is just not getting that separation that we all thought that he was going to get, that speed that everyone spoke about. Um, you know, they try to give him the ball on, you know, jet sweeps, and he's just not really making big plays. So I don't know what we have there, but it's frustrating that he's he hasn't really t- taken the necessary steps to be, you know, that number one receiver we were hoping for. Yeah, yet another 100-yard receiving game for Justin Jefferson last week. And then Jalen Rager just wasn't utilized very well against the Cardinals. Um, Anthony, to finish us off, say you're in charge of the Eagles, you're Howie Roseman, you're Jeffrey Lurie. What is the first move that you'd make this offseason to improve the team? I'm Howie Roseman. I'm firing myself. but (laughs) You probably want to go Jeffrey Lurie instead. But I think it all comes down to, um, you know, just poor drafting is obviously the first thing. Um, how many misses over the last four years you have one pro baller that was Carson Wentz Um, the whole 2017 draft class is gone I think other than Barnett Mm -hmm. Um, 18 didn't do any better Dillard we don't know what happened with him Um, you look at the whole Ortega White side that's something that we continue speaking about over DK Metcalf and this year doesn't look any better you know we haven't had anybody really wow there's no, uh, I don't know. It's just the draft class continues to hurt us, which forces us to go do free agents. And then you, you, you sign people for too long or hold on to them too long. Ashton Jefferson, um, uh, Jason Peters, another one. It's, it, it, it all starts from the top. So I think that, you know, Howie Roseman would have to go. I doubt he will, but he would have to go. And then from there, because I believe Carson should be the quarterback, I don't know if the whole trust factor with uh, Peterson is there. Um, a few weeks ago, we heard Doug say, Carson's our guy. We're, that's why we're not going to Hurts. And then he goes home the following week. So, you know, how much trust he had there? I don't think that, uh, I think ultimately, other than the Super Bowl year, he's been an average head coach. Um, he's stubborn. He doesn't want to give up the play calling again. So uh, it would, he'd probably have to go too in that sense that they were going to keep um, Wentz. I don't want to see Wentz traded away. I don't want that big cap hit. I think it does nothing for you. The idea of trading hurts. I I guess I can entertain it, um, but what can you get for him? That's probably going to really depend on how he plays these last two games. Um, You know, I'd I'd like for him to be a backup for another year until we see what Carson Wentz is, but the media will just – you know, Wentz has a bad game and all, automatically you're going to want to see Hurts in there. So it's going to be a struggle. Right now, I don't feel like it's a great time to be an Eagles fan. Just a lot of incompetence all around. And, you know, there, this upcoming year, there's got to be a shakeup. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. There's there's a lot of changes that need to be made. No matter how good a team is uh, looking right now with Jalen Hurts, there still is a lot of holes. Um, so, Anthony, thank you so much for joining and um, go Birds. Yeah, thanks for having me. Go Birds. All right, Eagles Nation, that's what's going to do it for this week's edition of the Birds Banter Podcast. Thank you so much for joining with me this week. Thank you for listening and supporting. You can subscribe to the podcast on any podcast platform out there. We got Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, 
Whatever you're listening on, make sure you hit that subscribe button and follow us on social media. Birds Banter PHL on Instagram, Birds Banter on Twitter. We just dropped a great new film room episode. Um, we brought Don Muse back on to talk about the Eagles' defense against the Saints. Make sure you check that out on either social media or our YouTube channel, Birds Banter. Thank you all for the support. And as always, go Birds and enjoy your holidays, everyone. See you next week. <laughs>